This is Company. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, bringing together ambitious women in the bush, the cities, and all over the world. As soon as I started researching today's guest, I was intrigued and I needed to know more to pull all the dots together. Christy McGregor is the editor and founder of New Zealand-based Shepherdess magazine. It's kind of like our greasy her here in Australia and in fact was helped to be pulled together by our very own Claire Dunn. But Christy is an Australian whose heart is deeply embedded in Australia's station country in Western Queensland and the Territory. I just find her story so fascinating because she's not a country girl, having grown up on a one-acre block in Camden, which is now on the outskirts of Sydney. So intrigue got the better of me, and I asked Christy if she'd speak with me today. Her story isn't really what you would expect, I don't think, but once it's pieced together, it does make an awful lot of sense. Do bear with us. We recorded this interview amongst the chaos of family life in the evening. We start on Christie's latest project, which is Shepherdess. Well, it's, I guess it's a it's a vision or it's a like purpose around um, creating vibrant um, rural communities and a vibrant provincial New Zealand. Um, maybe even further afield in future, who knows. Um, but, yeah, I guess it uh, takes at the moment a physical form as a magazine, um, a quarterly publication, and we have stories from the length and breadth of, of um, rural New Zealand um, and uh, particularly focusing on women's stories and women's achievements and sort of issues and very much around, like, rural social and cultural life. Um, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I guess the magazine is sort of the, the first um, step but towards sort of this bigger picture um, vision that that I have um, around, yeah, around that cultivation and, and vibrancy, I guess, yeah. Can you tell me more about that? What's your what's your what's your vision? How interesting. Um, I think I don't know. I think I can I tell you maybe where where it's come from. I guess and sort totally. of the, yeah the today. Um, so I I grew up in um, Camden, which I'm currently sitting in my at my parents place in lockdown with this lovely child's bedroom as you can see um and, and I have to say that we're recording this at 7 30 p.m at night so um yeah my kids are in bed but they may not be they might pop their head in here any second and I can hear your little ones running around I think oh, yeah you can I was gonna say you probably he'll fly in in a minute um both my brother's helping with my two-year-old and my six uh now eight month old um so um well she might want to feed or whatever they'll palm, palm her back but um <laughs> I'm my parents at the moment with the lockdown after coming over for a brief visit but um I, yeah so I grew up here in Camden yeah and went to high school in Camden and all of that and then as soon as I finished school I really just wanted to go out west and I think we'd grown up my father was an agriculture teacher at Helston um and uh grown up where We'd go out to friends' farms in the Central West, um, like good friends at parks and Canoundra and, um, you know, just um, spend a lot of time um, going out there and um, good friends at down at Chamberoo with a dairy farm. And that's a sense of community. Like I remember one time I went with our friend um, in parks. We went to 
um he's actually the mayor of parks and while he was doing ken keith you know ken yeah well my i used to work for the abc and he has a lot to do with the abc he's the most obliging mayor and um wonderful talent as they say yes it'll be a sad day when he's no longer the mayor yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. So, um, Dad and Keith, uh, Ken went to um college together. Yeah. So we've grown up going out there and staying with him and so and so. Yeah. It was one day I went with um him while he was doing laps at the pool and um down to the pool there and you know just like the sense of community that you've got and you know I just love that about small towns and um charming about rural Australia I guess. So I had this um like real I don't know intrigue or just um something in here that you can't really describe to go out west and yeah so I went to Wagga actually so um when most people go to uni and you know are going in the other direction I decided to go to Charles Sturt at Wagga um and I started studying social work um and while I was there again I just like wanted to go further afield and so I spent the uni holidays that year um going to cattle stations in outback of South Australia like around William Creek just kept going west I was wanting to go to a cattle station and see what life would be like, like on a, yeah, on a big cattle property. So I sent off this bunch of emails because, you know, and you just hope one sticks kind of thing. This lady responded and her daughter, her son and daughter-in-law were on a station on the Birdsville track. And um, they said that I could come and stay with them for a few weeks and help with the kids. And um, yeah, but to get there, I had to get on a mail run. Uh, and it was the longest mail run in the world that don't take passengers anymore on it, as I understand. But um, they did for a long while. Um, you have to have an overnight in Birdsville on the way there. Um, and yeah, went down to Mungaroni Station and stayed with Nina and Luke. And um, yeah, spent time time there and then did a big road trip back through Broken Hill with their governess at the time and all sorts of fun. And then got to the end of the year and... I decided I was going to go up to the Territory for um, for the wet season and I got a job nanning for the couple that were at um, Pigeon Hole Station and they were moving across, had been promoted to Victoria River Downs. And um, so I was off with them doing that and um, looking after their baby and two-year-old um, at the time. I think when you're working on those stations, you've got this like brilliant sense of community most stations do have this fabulous sense of community around the staff and the team. Um, and, you know, some of them are like small towns, the size of, mm. <laughs> as you know. Um, and I, I've been studying social work um, and I'd say like grown up with definitely my grandmother and mum probably instilling like around, you know, social justice principles and, you know, sort of, um, you know, what's the word, uh, you know, trying to, an understanding of, you know, especially Aboriginal Australians and those kind of issues. But I think when you're up in the Territory, it's just, it's so different. Um, and it's it's such a different Australia. Nor- Northern Australia is such a different Australia, I think, compared to Southern Australia. Um, so I hope I'm not going too randomly. No, <laughs> no I love it. And Western <laughs> Australia, where I've lived in Western, is, is yeah. different again. Okay. <laughs> I really want to go there. I haven't been to yeah. WA. Yes, um, you'd love it. Yeah, I, I feel, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I sat, I saw some things there, and like we had a little bit to do with some of the um, original communities just near the station up there, and um, yeah, just the dynamics. Like, there's lots of challenges. That's you know, there's there's lots of um, difficulties for for yeah up up there, and I I think it made me think about um, 
I don't know, the social work degree I was studying was quite um, sort of welfare driven um, and rather than sort of community led development. And I think um, like what I've come to realize like over the years and definitely feel now like those community driven projects and, you know, projects and event based work, there's a lot of um, good things that can come from those. And um, it's a very exciting place to be working in. And I think rather than sort of like a um, social welfare mentality and not to say that there's not place for that but um, yeah just in terms of I think what floats my boat is definitely more in the um, community engagement and um, creating something from nothing and looking at like how can we you know an assets-based approach I guess of um, you know finding gems where you know in the um, where there's things that are other things that are lacking um yeah and then while I was up there we went one day to a ladies day um which they have at daily waters um and it's basically I don't know if you've been to the daily waters ladies day but it's basically like the women all get together um for you know a lunch and prawn lunch and buy some jewelry or you know and have a have a nice few hours and head home um, and I didn't realize at the time, cause as with these things, you never do, but, um, that particular lunch would, you know, go on to spark ideas, I guess, of, of things that would then, yeah, come further down the line. So, and then I decided not to go back to uni and, um, obviously rung my parents and told them when I was dropping out of uni, well, not returning to Wagga, um, much to their horror. Um, and I ended up looking at um, governess positions on the Governess Australia website and um, applied for some different roles um, and ended up on the phone um, having an interview with a mum of four boys down in the Channel Country um, on a Kidman property, or it was a Kidman property at the time, called Durham Down Station um, on the Coopers Creek. And yeah in the gen late january um shifted from um up in the territory um down to durham downs so yeah i'll stop there you can ask some more questions sorry well it's um part of your story that i'm intrigued about is the channel country ladies day and um i don't know what part this has to play with shepherdess but you um i, I did you T- tell me about that. Were you involved? Was that already in existence when you were there or did you establish it? Yeah, so um, so it was something that um, came out of the, the idea of or seeing what the Northern Territory women had done. So basically I ended up on this station um, at Durham and um, I was governessing for four boys um, who at the time were like 18 months, four, six and eight. Um, and, um, you know, living in Durham, we had probably 30, 20 to 30 of us, like quite a big crew, um, you know, when you add up everyone there. Um, and, you know, such a social life. Um, you know, my, my social life now is non-existent compared, well, in, in New Zealand, it's compared, non-existent compared to Western Queensland. Um, but um, you go to these events and, you know, it's quite busy, like through the that sort of social season from like April through to, you know, October. There's lots of things going on. Um, but we kept going to these, you know, camp drafts or rodeos or those kind of things. And, um, you know, sorry to say, but the folks would always be sitting around or standing around having a drink. And the women would run off their feet doing the, you know, serving behind the canine or doing the food or, you know, whatever it is, or chasing after the kids. Um, so they're just like basically working their guts out all the time and um, really not having any time for themselves. And then obviously at home, they're wearing so many different hats off often on the properties um, that there, there isn't time 
and you know yeah such thing as me times um now I'm a mum that's probably just being a mum but um <laughs> but at the time um you know something that really struck me around um yeah around like life out there so yeah just started chatting to a few friends some friends that had worked in the territory as well and you know oh what if we did something like what they do in the territory but when we started to like think about it a bit more you can't just do a, a day long or a lunch long thing in the channel country because everyone's got to travel so far so um it became <laughs> this channel country ladies day became well the first year it was called the Durham Down Station Ladies Day, um, became a whole weekend event. So, yeah, um, in the November um, of the second year I was at Durham, we um, hosted a Ladies Day at the station um, and we had women come from like six to 800k radius um so coming from three states uh, northern new south wales northern south australia and of course western queensland uh, and they came to the station it say so rain hail or shine um there was a very rare storm just as they were arriving so literally like one of them did a 360 degree turn on the driveway in the way getting there, like in their vehicle. Um, they arrived like mud up, you know, like covered in mud and, you know, all sorts. So they had gumboots out, which as you know, is like so rare for that part of the world. But, um, and yeah, and we just, oh, the marquee um, snapped its poles in the, um, just before everyone arrived. So we were no longer in the marquee. That became like a massive um camping area or sort of tent for them <laughs> to sleep so you know it wasn't without its um uh what's the word challenges but everyone had such a brilliant time and um yeah and I guess so we had a hundred women there for that first one um and you know done on the sm smell of an oily rag um yeah and we sort of just thought it was a fun weekend and what at that did point the program we, look like what what did the program look like for that first year um so we had we had a sex toy lady. There's probably no nicer way to put it than that. Um, awesome. <laughs> to come up with no. Um, Is that what got um, everybody in? <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, at the time, I think we were like, well, I'm more game now, I guess. But um, at the time, we put on the fly that it was like a Tupperware. There was some Tupperware. Um, <laughs> so some people didn't quite realise like what was meant by that because obviously we weren't selling kitchen equipment but anyway uh, <laughs> um, so uh yeah I, I know that ruffled a few feathers at the time there was like a letter I think written to the local paper just you know like having a heart attack at the thought that that's what we were doing but anyway um it's good to speak freely about these things um <laughs> so what else did we have we had um oh we had like dancing, like performances sort of thing. We had, um, oh, we had an author um, who came out and did some, actually like some workshops with the students in the schools on the way um, in Kanamala and um, Dagaminda. Um, oh, we had a photographer um, and sort of fashion designer. So we had like these women that had come from further afield. Um, we had some health service providers, like the flying doctor were there from the start. And it's funny, like, I mean, now everything is sort of, um, you know, bigger and more, bigger and refined and more considered, I guess, of what we do with Channel Country Ladies Day now. But that first year, to be honest, we didn't, it was, yeah, as it, it was a bit of like, let's have a bit of a party and let's have a good time. Um, and then it was sort of became evident 
towards the end of the weekend and I think in the weeks after that what we'd done was something more than just a fun time but that this was something that could really like have a positive impact on the lives of women um and yeah that was became quite clear when you know women coming up to you in tears telling you how much the weekend had meant to them and it was very emotional and then it was like and then we had a um actually a sponsor also say oh look we'll give you 10 grand now for next year and so you know here I was actually finishing up at Durham you know my two had two years had finished up and I was going to go and try and do the well planning to go back to uni um and um yeah but then when someone's offering you 10 grand to you know try you know you can't sort of turn that down and that actually became the impetus for yeah continuing on and and yeah now it's 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 a it's own beast <laughs> I feel so ignorant that I've never heard of it before but does it so does it can is it a yearly thing is it an is it an annual thing now and how many years has it been running for yeah so it's a um annual event um it's now at the third weekend of October each year um so 2012 was the first um first event um and we have run every year since except for obviously last year had to ditch the face-to-face event and do a we did an online program for six months and um we also had another year off a few years prior to that um where we sort of tried to um, gather ourselves and sort of you know get a bit ahead for the you know future events because it's entirely volunteer driven um and yeah the committee is spread out all over western queensland um and you know (laughs) up until very recent like in the last few years we did all of the planning um via virtually um and would only come together at the event um yeah as as small committees in the bush do like you know absolutely yeah yeah. Yeah, this virtual workplace has been happening for a long while in the bush. Yeah. So if I went to the Channel Country Ladies Day um, this year, next year, maybe, is it this? Is it happening this year? Yeah, it's happening in October. Yeah. What kind of things would I do? Oh, um, gotta work out what's announced and what's still coming. But um, so um, oh, I guess the program is uh, a mixture of we sort of take the approach of three pillars. Um, so the arts, like um, creative arts and performing arts, um, health and well-being, and then personal and business development. Um, and um, I guess we've over the years learnt what you know really makes it you know what the key ingredients are. Um, so, you know, we always start on a Friday night with a comedian because um, you always need a bit of light relief um, when you first get there. Um, yeah, live performance and music um, both evenings. Um, if you want to go and get your eyebrows waxed or, I don't know, whatever takes your fancy, um, you can book in, you can get your hair, your roots dyed. or um, So you can book into appointments with um, a whole range of um, beauty and beauty services. Um, you can have a female doctor's appointment. You can get your pap smear done. Um, that's a close one to my heart after my experience of, of that. Um, and that's another story though but um i'll ask uh, you later (laughs) um you can um talk to we've often had range of allied health um professionals there so that sort of opportunity to connect both yeah you know just even 
like more informally to know who to go and speak to about things or, um, you know, is quite important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, like guest speakers and workshops, um, yeah, on a whole raft of things. So, you know, lots of creative arts and, um, you know, creative skills, um, but then, you know, more serious sort of business stuff. I guess the only thing it's not is it's not, it's not, a, it's about you. So it's not about coming and learning about snakes or grass or weeds or whatever, um, you know, there's, other forums for that this is about the the women and um you know you can bring a baby if if they're you know on the boob or in the arms but if they're older than that then leave them at home kind of thing because um yeah so where does it happen and where does everyone sleep do they all bring swags yeah so it's um so this year's event in a few months is at um quilpy at blue park in quilpy um but we a key ingredient of the event is the way that we bring all these experiences which are of a quality that you would get you know if you were going to brisbane or um you know the city um out out west and bring it to a really remote location where it's really accessible um so we move around each year um we rotate between the four shires right at the corner of queensland so between the diamantina baku bulu and quilpie shires um and we've had it in at nakundra which has a population i think officially of like two or four there's just literally the pub there um we've had it at um obviously at durham the first year i've had it at aramanga at batuta which is the smallest town in australia smallest gazetted town population zero um and where else we've had it junda um yeah off to quilpy um this time thargamenda two years ago um yeah so we we move around and i think like you know literally (laughs) the year i remember vividly like i've rocked up to say Nakundra and I remember I was the first person to pull in the gate and you dive in and you and it's it's so dusty and there's nothing there it's just this red dirt and as we worked out later quite a few snakes but um and you just I just remember thinking like this is like a few days out from it oh my goodness like what on earth are we doing um but then obviously hands come in and many hands make light work and you know we pulled off the event Just breaking in here to say a huge thank you to Lydna Quality Socks for coming on board as this season's podcast sponsor. If you haven't worn Lydna Quality Socks yet, do your feet a favour and try them this winter or right now while this cold snap is on. I have been wearing them for days. Your toasty warm feet will thank you forever. Lidna Quality Socks are expertly crafted in Crookwell in New South Wales by 10th generation sock maker Andrew Lidner, and they're individually finished so that you can be assured that every sock is a real investment in quality. To shop the range, visit lidnersocks.com.au. Now, you live in New Zealand and you've started a publication or a new business over there join the dots for me how did this happen um well that well a funny story of that comes back to ladies day but um no uh, so yeah i basically um after after being down at um durham i decided i was going to go back to i'd swapped actually courses by then to do a social science degree with james cook university um and i was told i needed to go back to 
Townsville well, onto campus to finish the, the degree. Um, I'd been doing a little bit of study by distance while I was at Durham. Um, and yeah, did went back up there. And I think I lasted about six weeks there. It was like incredibly boring when you've only got to do two hours a day, uh, two hours a week or something, you know, on campus. It's it's pretty dull. And I really, really missed Western Queensland. It was um it really, yeah was drawing me back um so I got a, a role a job down in Longreach um and I moved to Longreach um and I was living in a share house in town and um yeah working for Central Northwest Medicare Local um for a while and um getting to travel around to communities all across Western Queensland which was um pretty cool as well um and yeah while I was in Longreach um I met a <laughs> Oh my goodness, dare I say, at the pub, which is actually now actually burnt down. Oh, um, <laughs> which that people will know. Um, yeah, met a um, met a Kiwi dairy farmer, and um, yeah, he was just about to go back to his family farm in New Zealand. And I remember my housemate saying to me at the time, "Oh my goodness, Chrissy, don't even go there." Um, but that's a silly way to live your life. So. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, so how did it come to be that you ended up in New Zealand and was that a really big decision for you? He went He went back at the, um, like at Christmas, getting married and invited me go over and go to the wedding and then um, do a tiki tour around New Zealand. Yeah, I think like, and then I, I still came back to Long Ranch to work and, um, you know, in some towns like, like Longreach, it's quite transient, the population, you know, and there's quite a lot of people come and um, go. And I, like, it was just, it coincided that my house that I was living in, the share house had all changed and they'd all left town. So I was literally coming back to an, literally an empty house and sleeping in my swag on the floor. Mm. Um, and other people in town had left just all at that time. And it was sort of, you know, um, I, I applied for some jobs and got a job in, um, in New Zealand and um, made well, decided to, yeah, I guess give it a go. Um, but I think when I did that, I didn't really realise what a significant decision it was. Yeah, if I'm totally honest with myself about it, like like I think if you, there's sometimes there's just something that captures your heart about somewhere and you just can't help it and there's just something that pulls you to somewhere. And I think like I still feel like Western Queensland, like there's a bit of, I don't know, I just feel a real... Um, you know, when I fly in there or like whatever it might be, there's just something that's drawing and I don't know how to kind of describe it, but other than like, there's this like tug that you've got. And so now, and I feel like over time, I guess I found it quite hard to settle in in New Zealand and I find it quite like quite tricky to start, which is actually where this whole shepherdess idea has come from. And I feel definitely like more at home in New Zealand um, now, but it's taken a long time and it doesn't, like when I come back here and I see the gum trees and I like smell certain things or, um, you know, like see the dirt, like, I don't know, there's just something quite special about that. And yeah, maybe that will never go away. I don't know. So tell me, I want to know when you first started thinking about Shepherdess and I love like getting into the nitty gritty, gritty of this, like when did your mind, when, when did you have a little light bulb moment or when were you like, Oh, I could do this or I could do this. And what was it that told you to keep going with it? So, um, so the story with Shepherdess, I guess, as I said, like, I won't, um, not, not never been, um, you know, anything but upfront about it, that 
New Zealand was like really hard at first. Um, uh, like as I've said before, like the first year, I think it was just, you know, like dairy farming. So when I told mum that I'm like met this dairy farmer, she's sort of, I think thinks of our friends at Jamboree, um, and you know that John never got off the farm, and you know never really had a holiday, or you know had one family holiday in how many years? Um, and you know, I'd like to think that like where we are at now with the dairy farm is different, but definitely in that first year of coming back, like you know, pretty much like he just like ate, slept, worked, and you know that's about it. And like you know, it was it was really hard, like. There was a lot of tears on my part, I think, during that first year, to be honest. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it's amazing that we kind of lasted, survived that. Um, and and I guess me probably feeling incredibly homesick and really struggling where we are. Um, or New Zealand is, you know, not as, of course, not as geographically remote as Australia. Like, um, but that in no way does that change I don't think the social isolation that exists especially in the rural space like there are people that are incredibly socially isolated in New Zealand and yeah um and maybe it exacerbates it and and I think too the other thing that changes it is on um and you know this is generalizing and I know every situation is different and every part of Australia is different but um you know dairy farming is quite a like solitary kind of um or it's you know it's smaller there's less people whereas when you're on those big stations like there's this whole social life there's a social club for goodness sake like yeah. you know we have a few drinks after work but there's yeah. none of that on on a family farm and maybe it's the family farm thing I don't know totally um yeah 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 um and so yeah so anyway um so socially and also found like I think it's just like those cultural things that you know, like the sense of familiarity when you pick up the land or the country life and you look at the like town and country section, the country life, and you try and look for people, you know, on those photos of those pages or the Outback magazine, like, you know, you always, well, I always pick up the Outback magazine and like go, oh, I'm going to know someone in here, you know, there's those kind of like um, connections. And I guess obviously didn't have any of that. Um, and I found like New Zealand agriculture is like quite, you know, it's, obviously a thriving sector but it's very technical like um very um the publications are all about cows and grass and that's something that you know isn't really a particular interest to me so um yeah so funnily um I'd met Claire um from Grazy Her through um she come as media one to country ladies day um and i've been coordinating the media so um got to meet her through that and then um we started having conversations um and it was i just had my first baby hartley and he was um what however many months old two months old three months old whatever it was and um i was just about to i was studying my master's and i was just about to go back to work in wellington um, so it was all kind of hectic and um, she was saying to me, oh, it was just after New Year's. So she, um, what about, what about a, doing a magazine and, um, you know, now kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, usually you would go, oh, that's just like the worst timing. And, um, but I sort of thought, you know, this, like I, I saw so much value and so much merit in, in doing something. Um, and so, yeah, her and I together, we started an Instagram page um, and we called it Grazier New Zealand. Um, and we, yeah, started working on it together, um, just a blog and some stories and um, just sort of, yeah, very smell of an oily rag kind of thing. 
I guess, and I, you know, really admire what Claire's done with Grazier and, you know, um, yeah, I think she's, um, yeah, very talented. Um, she is so then, talented. She's so yeah, quietly I talented. I know. I love working um, with her. And then, yeah, we sort of um, plodded along, sort of heading towards, you know, putting something physical out. Um, and then um, we got to the December and, you know, she's running a, you know, significantly, um, well, I was going to say large, but I now know what a magazine is like to run and it's bloody hard work. Um, so she was running that in, you know, Australia and, um, yeah, and so she just said to me that, you know, she needed to focus on that. Um, but in no way was there any sort of, um, you know, it wasn't anything um, negative parting or anything. Um, and I just um, had sort of thought in my head and with Mike's, um, I guess, endorsement, because he kind of, <laughs> yeah, sort of has to endorse like that larger decision, um, that I was going to give it a go on my own, even though I had no idea about how to run a magazine, because I've never worked in anything like this. Um, and, you know, Claire's been, since then, Claire's been there to answer questions and, you know, be, and has become a lovely friend and, you know, friendship and, um, yeah, been a, a mentor. But, um are you guys close in location? Oh, four hours. Yeah, four so, hours. So no, that is that not oh, close in oh, that, New Zealand terms, or is it? It's close. It's close. Like I said, I'll when we get back from quarantine, well, isolation, I'll go up and visit her. But um, yeah, it's it's well, it's close enough to go for a weekend, but not. Yeah, it's you know, it's yeah. I guess it's well, it's definitely close by Australian standards. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. what was it that um? told you that this is what people women in New Zealand wanted or really was it just to satisfy your want to do to to put something together like that yeah that's a good question um I think with anything like whether it's the lady I think it's it's the same applies to anything is that sometimes people um, they don't know what they uh, don't have or they don't until they can't sometimes like conceptualize something until they're shown what it could be. I sort of believe that you've got to, you know, take the plunge and, you know, show them something and, and then they'll sort of, you know, get excited by it, I guess. How did it go? <laughs> well, we didn't realize that, um, well, no one did, did we, that um, COVID was going to be a thing. So, um, so basically, yeah, we put out, we got the first magazine together and before COVID was a thing and um, went off to the printers and um, we basically had like that 5,000 magazines turn up to the cow shed, be unloaded by the tractor. Um, and then suddenly we had like effectively nowhere for them to go. Um, so that was my introduction to business. That is so awesome. <laughs> um, Just like rocking up to the cow shed and being unloaded with the tractor. That's unreal. <laughs> that That's how it happens every time. But, um, but yeah, maybe there's an advantage in that I had no idea how to do it anyway. So COVID wasn't changing what I was already doing. It was just creating a new kind of normal or whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's a advantage. Um, but yeah, we just, I don't know, any traditional way that you might think to get something out, whether, you know, the traditional means of like hairdressers, you know, cafes, events, all those things weren't available um so had to be creative and look for other ways um yeah and anyway I should say so how many months are we on now like what not quite 18 months maybe 15 months in or whatever 
of like from the magazine actually launching we're currently pulling together the seventh edition um the team has grown um a lot um both numbers wise but also just um you know um working together and process wise and all of that um and yeah it's really it's very exciting um it's full on um i definitely i you know if work-life balance there isn't really such a thing but maybe that's just the case when you've got your own thing going um and but it's well yeah I guess I've had the joy of over the last what nearly 18 months learning you know all that goes with running your own business and um realize you know it's such an it's such a cool thing like how how fun is it to be able to go to work do work every day that you absolutely love and you know like have so much purpose and sort of um you know um feel so much excitement for like um yeah you know Mm. yeah so you're not from New Zealand as a journo I'm so interested how did you find the stories when you're not from New Zealand (laughs) um well one firstly we have no shortage of people coming forward with story ideas for us um and just like even in the course of tonight I've got a few emails popping up you know of and they're not um you know I'm not even talking about like PR or sort of media type you know it's it's women on the like you know writing in with this is an idea I've got what think how you know we'd love you to you know have you heard about this woman she's pretty incredible you know it's it's like they're talking about their neighbors or their friends or um you know people they've stumbled across so that's really cool um I guess oh probably like I think when you aren't from somewhere then you have a whole different perspective on things um and you sort of perhaps ask more questions um and you know like I mean we um one thing about New Zealand that's so comparatively small so um you know when we can and we're off on a drive somewhere or away for a weekend or whatever you know you're always looking around and looking for inspiration or you know um little things that 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 pick up and think you know how does that link in um I think and also I guess our freelancers so um we're working with um freelance photographers and writers like right around the country so um yeah they're you know embedded in their communities and um coming back with things um all the time so yeah I think a whole combination but I never feel you know I don't think we're we'll never run out of stories you know (laughs) um there's there's so many I think that's the whole like exciting thing um and probably like what part of the realization and the purpose of it was was that you know there's so much good stuff going on in New Zealand but New Zealanders are so um they're so modest and they're so you know, it is, it is culturally different. Um, they don't talk about, or they're not, you know, the, like tall poppy is probably very alive and well because they don't talk about the achievers or the good things going on. Things like fly are really under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's like oh, but there's, there's so many little gems and, yeah, that's exciting. And, yeah. You have a really big focus um, with this publication on um people that are underrepresented in in New Zealand tell me about that I suppose that dovetails into your social work and the experiences that you've had in Outback Australia yeah I guess for me coming like 
as I said, not um, obviously, well, they can tell me from a mile off probably that I'm Australian. Um, but you have I, a Kiwi accent. Do I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe I mix. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, I mean, obviously, um, you know, I haven't grown up there, so I just I don't have the um, cultural little um you know, understandings that New Zealanders have about their own place. And I am the first to admit that when it comes to, um, you know, understanding like Māori heritage um, and, um, you know, that, I don't I don't have, I don't know, I don't understand. That's that's a whole other world and, and there's so much to learn. But you can't, like New Zealand is so different to Australia. Well, I think Australia's changing um but New Zealand is so much further down the line of um acknowledgement of Māori um people and um culture and you know don't get me wrong there's always improvements and um long ways to go but um definitely um more yeah progressive than Australia on that front um and so I guess I've come with a very like big um sort of knowledge that I have so many knowledge gaps that I rely on people that do have the knowledge to guide and um sort of um just the yeah so I guess I just know that there's so much I don't know and so um I've been like upfront about that from the start and I rely on and ask people that do have the knowledge to help and to um yeah to provide that and I just don't think that you can do a publication in 2021 in New Zealand and not um have a um you know show the respect that Māori culture deserves um and um you know the stories of wahini Māori um that's Maori women um uh yeah are so important and interesting and not covered in sort of mainstream media um as they um you know as much as they deserve um you know space so yeah it's it's a really key part of what we are doing um we've got um tereo is the um language so we have um tereo throughout the magazine um we have you know whether that's in our section headings or um say we have stories and it might be of a maori woman story um and she you know talks about uses tereo word you know words throughout to like far now for family or you know whatever the words might be then at the end of the piece we have a glossary um and we don't translate those words in the piece we just translate them in the glossary at the end if anyone wants to um you know has trouble understanding it um and that's sort of conscious choice um yeah and we make sure that you know in the magazine when we're curating the stories that a certain amount of the stories or you know that that there's a um you know that there's a, the right representation and balance in terms of those stories and of um also not just of Maori women but also um you know we in our last um edition we have a story of a woman that's come from the Philippines and what the experience of that was like um coming and working on a dairy farm now in Southland um and you know um an Indian woman who's um separated from her family with COVID or you know so we are really um yeah very conscious I guess in our planning of of that so yeah and I think that um well I think that makes it you know the publication special in a way I love it so you mentioned right at the beginning that really and I I think I'm right in saying this that um Shepherdess does start as a publication but you hope for it to be so much more than that um tell me about the event that you're organizing 
um yeah so I guess um you know this idea of I've seen and obviously felt very closely the impact that the Channel Country Ladies Day has had on on so many women in Western Queensland um and so how special it is um you know because I think you know there are like obviously there's lots of different events exciting things happening but you know yeah it's, it's really special in the lives of those women um in that patch um and you know friends had said to me like oh you know what about doing one in New Zealand and um and I thought about it and I even had like some quite in-depth conversations about it and you know even one evening we got in the car and we dropped women about doing something like that you know so it's sort of um it'd been socialized a little bit but I hadn't really it didn't really stick until this last 18 months when we've been doing the working on the magazine and um you know I just see that now there's such a opportunity to um for New Zealand to have an event like the Channel Country Ladies Day they don't know what's going to hit them yet though. <laughs> they, they don't know what's coming for them um, um and <laughs> see I think in what sense you're going to have oh, more sex toys <laughs> yeah of course no um well you know I think that New Zealand is is more conservative and I I don't know, like, I was going to say maybe it's an age thing, but that makes you sound really old and I know, like, I'm not saying that I am. But um, I think, you know, with this, like, yeah, what we did with Channel Country Ladies Day was we really pushed the boundaries on things of, like, what was except, considered okay, et cetera. Um, you know, we've had burlesque dancing, we've had life drawing, you know, we've had the relationship therapist. We had Bettina out there one year, you know, Rosie King, you know, we've had some great conversations and, um, uh, you know, fun but also really like purposeful um and I think New Zealand I sort of have thought uh maybe wouldn't be able to wouldn't be able to cope rural New Zealand would struggle to cope more with some of those themes or sort of um but now I just think blow it and you know what just we would we're just gonna do it (laughs) and you know they're just yeah I think um you know I think I feel like it just feels the right time and uh, I feel like with the magazine we're sort of growing a bit of a, a community of women and um you know um I think yeah, it just feels like all the stars are aligning I don't know in terms of um yeah the opportunity with it so so we're off to Mortu which is um on the in Titarafati on the east coast of New Zealand um to a little village where there probably isn't more than 10 people who live in the village um and we're setting up the um having the first muster um shepherdess muster at the school will transform um and across the paddocks of someone's farm and we're going to turn it into a yeah effectively a ladies day for three days in february it's been so fascinating to talk to you i just i just really love your story it's just um i mean i love all of the stories and i i think i just want to say one thing to you before you go that um isn't it interesting about isolation and feeling lonely and being a journalist and hearing other people's stories totally fills that gap. You are no longer isolated and you're building connections, like quite deep connections with the people who are your subjects. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I think, Totally, I can resonate with that. And um, we just actually had last night a flock in where one of our writers talk, spoke 
on Instagram live with one of the women that she interviewed for the last magazine. And we were just sort of talking about how it gives an insight into the process that we go through to curate the magazine um, and how, um, yeah, exactly that the sort of the lovely thing is it's all, you know, it's, it's the positivity and it's like um, it feels special to be investing your time in something that's like feels incredibly positive, you know, or um like feels good if that mm. makes sense yeah yeah um, I I um I totally agree it's quite a unique the, the connection that you have with someone after you've done an interview you know like our connection now through this podcast is really unique because it's not like a it's not like I'm meeting you as a friend it's actually a work thing, but we probably speak about things that um, maybe you don't speak about with other people. And it's also uninterrupted time as well. And I, I just love I that. Saying. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I just love that about what, what the, it's a, such a privilege. Um, yeah. Our position to do that. Anyway, I digress. Um, I, yeah, as I said, um, so, so fascinating to hear all of your story. I am so on board with Shepherdess. I can't wait to um, see how it evolves and all the exciting things that you'll do, Christy. So thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, thank you, Sky. It's um, where it feels a privilege to be asked. So um, it's pretty just normal day-to-day life <laughs> here. So not sure it's that exciting, but um, but yeah, no, thank you for yeah uh, the questions that you've asked as i said i can't wait to see how shepherdess grows what comes from it and the stories that we can all read about similar women leading lives on the country but across the ditch you can find shepherdess at Shepherdess, S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D-E-S-S.co.nz or under the same name, shepherdess.nz on Instagram. Thank you so much, as always, to our series sponsor, Lidna Socks, and I'll be back with you next week with another story.